Hi, I'm Moses Apostaticus. I had a reader ask me a good question the other day. He asked me why I've started to talk about race and Jewish influence in Western nations. And what he said was right. He said, we've got enough problems. Um, why don't you just focus on the Muslims and the cultural Marxists and you know, you won't, you'll get a lot further ahead. And, and he's right. That's true. Um, if in this alt media game, if you're willing to stay away from issues of race and issues of Jewish influence, then the powers that be will let you get ahead. You'll get a nationally syndicated column, perhaps. Uh, you might even get a gig at Rebel Media. And, um, and it, it made me think for a little while. And then I realized, no, um, it's, I didn't get into this game to, um, to just shill. I could have had a desk job if I wanted to do something like that. And like all of the people who are talking about these issues, which are not popular and which will can get you into real strife, um, all of these people I've noticed are united by a real desire to try and solve the problems that they see that we're facing in, in the West. And so, and all of us have slightly different ways of looking at things because we all come from a different perspective. Now, for me, the reason that I've chosen to, to speak up and to put my face out there and to, and to write as I have is because it became apparent to me about 10 years ago that our, something's very, very wrong in our societies and in our culture and particularly in our education system is where I noticed it at first. Um, that, that things have gone profoundly wrong and that there we've become a culture of lies. And I've spent a long time trying to understand what it is that's behind this. Why is there so much deception? Why are we so corrupted? Why um, are, are people so miserable and yet unable to identify the, the causes of their misery? Now, for me, I've come to the view that we are in a war already in the West, and we have been for many decades. But this war is a spiritual war. You can call it a psychological war if you like, but this is a metaphysical conflict that we're in. And these problems that we're facing of the Muslim invasion, the cultural Marxist corruption of society, the demographic replacement uh, through these manufactured refugee and uh, immigration crises, all of these different seemingly disconnected trends, I've come to the view are actually being directed centrally. And I don't believe that there's one single person involved in this, although, of course, there are um, elites in on it. And, and the reason that I've chosen to make this video today is to try and go from a Christian perspective to, to maybe look into a bit what might be behind um, the, the strategic demolition of Western civilization right now in our time like not only is it happening and how is it happening but why is it happening now and i think there's a reason because spiritual warfare or psychological warfare always precedes physical warfare you defeat your enemy first psychologically or spiritually and then you can defeat them physically and the enemy that we're up against knows that so I, I believe that we are going to see in the next few years, perhaps, certainly within the next decade, we're going to see a world war engineered around the Middle East.
You only have to look at the way the fake news media is talking about Russia. And if, you're, if you've done any research into the deep state and what the agendas are, you can see that there is a, a global conflict being manufactured. And I think the trigger will be a war between the West and Islam. And as much as I detest um, Islam and the Muslim invasion of Europe and all of those things, it's not Muslims that are engineering all of this. They're not smart enough. They're the weapon. But they're not the enemy. And it's too, it would be too tragic if for a third time the, West, the people of the West were deceived into fighting yet again the wrong enemy on behalf of the real enemy who stands behind the people that we're fighting. We've fallen for it twice before and the flower of our youth died in those wars. It'd just be too tragic for it to happen again. So if you can see that this is happening, then you have to speak up about it. Now this video, um, I guess you might call it esoteric Christianity. I'm I'm drawing upon the the wisdom tradition of of the Bible of Christianity. Most people don't consider Christianity to have a wisdom tradition. Certainly not biblical Christianity, because biblical Christianity has been made so corrupt and so just so degraded in our time but it hasn't always been that way and if if you are if you go and look into those texts and to see what they can tell a western man or a western woman about the world and about what it means to be us then i think you can draw great strength from that understanding now uh, just before i get started it doesn't matter in my view, whether you believe the Bible to be metaphysically true or not. Whether you believe that there is really a spiritual realm that the Bible accurately describes or you think it's it's just made up stories, it kind of really doesn't matter. Because regardless of what you think, if you're a Westerner, the, the Bible and Christianity is the, the foundation for your culture and your worldview. Um, so I, I think that even if you don't believe that anything that I'm going to say in this video is literally true, I think you will still get something from this if you see it as allegorically true. Because uh, these ways of thinking have been passed down to us over a very long period of time. And I think they speak to something very deep, very deep in us. Okay, so with all of that out of the way, like many uh, in this nationalist movement, which is emerging against globalism across the West, um, I spent a long time in the truth movement. Uh, I mentioned before that when I became aware of just a, a deep wrongness within, uh, within Australian society and Western society more generally, uh, I began investigating, well, what's really going on? And, and so, you know, I, I, I know all of the conspiracy theories and I spent a long time in, in that world. And thankfully, I came out of it. But... Like a lot of lot of people in that, I was driven by a motivation to try and find out the truth about things. And I think now, upon reflection, that the the truther movement was a very rational response to a, an era that we live in, which is soaked in lies. In our culture today, we live in in a time of universal deceit. Ev everywhere is corrupted by this deception and it enables evil people then you'd know them in your day-to-day -day life the narcissists the sociopaths the psychopaths they are thriving in this type of culture more than they have before because it's my view that this is the the most deceptive and indeed the most evil 
time that's ever been in world history or will ever be again. And that's a thoroughly um, Christian understanding. And so I think what is driving a lot of those people in that movement is that they want to understand the problem of structural evil in the world. We could call it organized evil. Now, most of most people, when they think of evil, they think of just sin on a personal level. Say, if we're going to talk in terms of Christianity, we talk about evil, we talk about sin. Most people, when they think about evil, they think it's just, you know, the, 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 the man who commits adultery on his wife or, you know, the woman who murders her baby, something like that. It's, it's individual incidents of evil. And that certainly is evil. But the Bible is also clear that just as there is crime and then there is organized crime, there is evil, but then there is also organized evil. And the world in a Christian worldview is ruled by a demonic hierarchy, at the top of which, of course, is Satan. Now, that's just two way out there for most people, but certainly that is a, a base belief in Christianity. And there, uh, there were a lot of people at the end of the 1800s and early 1900s who couldn't accept the idea that there was such a thing as organized crime. It just seemed too out there. People weren't willing to, to accept it. But people eventually came to understand that there is such a thing as organized crime, which is very, very different in nature from the day-to-day -day crime that people could see and therefore understand. And organized evil operates in the same way. So this, a good principle, if you're trying to understand how this system of organized evil operates, a good principle is that Satan always copies what God has done and wants to try and undo it or corrupt it. So, for example, God has a city, Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem now is not the city of God, and I'll get into that in a second. But um, when we look at the Old Testament, um, it's clear there was a... Um, uh, a fellow, a king of um, early Jerusalem called Melchizedek, who is a, a picture of Jesus. And that city has been God's city and will be God's city from that he will use to, um, to organize the earth. So then, because God has a city, Satan also has a city, Babylon. Now, if we look at the Tower of Babel and that story, that was Satan's first attempt at globalism. That was the first time that Satan brought humanity under one authority that then directed all of that worship to him. And it's done so that he can get all of the worship and all of the control of the earth away from God directed toward himself. Now, later on in the video, I'll talk a little bit about symbols in the Bible. And one of the symbols that's common throughout the Bible is the, the use of mountains to indicate kingdoms. This comes up later in Revelation and other parts. And when you look at Jerusalem, if you've ever been there, when you go to Jerusalem, you go to that um, airport that's named after a terrorist, and then you drive up these white mountains to get into Jerusalem. It's, it's perched on top of a mountain. At, at Babylon, it was on a plain, but it was man that was building the mountain, the Tower of Babel. So the, the image is that it's a kingdom that Satan's using out of man's strength, whereas when it's of God, it's of God's strength. So you can see there that that's one of these ideas that Satan will always try and copy God because ultimately what drives Satan is he wants to be God. That's all it is. It's not complicated. Um, another example is um, the God gave the Bible to people as, um, as a way of revealing himself to people and, um, and bringing people to him. 
Satan's done the same. He's also given books to humanity that he uses to organize his false religions and direct worship to him. The Quran, the Talmud, and the Zohar are three examples um, that, um, that come to mind. The Quran, of course, for Islam, and the Talmud for Judaism. The Zohar is for Kabbalah, which is uh, esoteric Judaism, which um, is, uh, is utterly satanic and pretty much can be considered the religion of the satanic ruling elite that um, that I'm going to be talking about uh, when I talk about the spirit of Antichrist. Um, now, another example there of how Satan copies or imitates God, but it's in a corrupted form, is God is a three-part being. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So, if we, we think about those, there's God the Father is the mind, the intellect of God. God the Son Jesus is the body of God and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of God and between all three of them they make up one being that's actually a picture of a human that you as a human because we are created in God's image we have a mind a body and a spirit so it's uh, that that's that's where that model comes from now just as God presents himself to humanity in that three-part being Satan does the same thing. So Satan himself is the intellect of the devil, of evil. Let's call it organized evil. Satan is the intellect that is directing everything. There's also in the Bible a spirit of Antichrist that is mentioned. And uh, the Bible is clear that the spirit of Antichrist came when Jesus came. So when Jesus came down and declared the kingdom of God, at that time, there began this system of organized evil against what God was doing through Jesus. And that spirit is animated by the spirit of Antichrist. Now, anti as a prefix has two meanings. It can mean against, and it can also mean before. And it means both in this case, that the spirit of Antichrist is the spirit that gives power and animation and strength to to the devil's system that he uses to bring as many people to hell with him as he can. And so just as the Holy Spirit strengthens the body of Christ and gives power to God's people here on earth, um, the spirit of Antichrist is what gives power to the satanic elites, the corrupt rulers. Hil Hillary Clinton, if you want to see someone who drank deep of the spirit of Antichrist, that witch most certainly did. And there's also going to be a body that organized evil will inhabit. And just as the body of God, Jesus, was here for a little over three years at the beginning of this period, there's going to be a man who we call the Antichrist, but the Bible has a few terms for the Prince of Tyre, um, the, um, the man of sin. There's quite a, quite a few, few names that he's got. There's going to be a man that Satan's spirit and mind will inhabit at the end of time for a, little, for a period of just over three years, right at the end there. That's the Antichrist. But the spirit of Antichrist is here all the time during this period. So... With that, oh, one more thing too before I move on. Just because I've described there that there's organized evil and it sort of mirrors God, I'm not suggesting for a moment that the devil has the same amount of power as God has. Um, if, if you ever watch the, the, a movie that talks about these types of things, it will try and portray things that way because the devil wants you to think that good and evil are in this sort of harmonious balance, this sort of Eastern idea of a balance of, of forces. It's nonsense. It's nonsense. 
Uh, evil has no power except through deception and murder. It's, it, the power of Satan is as nothing compared to the power of God. But during this time, the power, his power is in deception. And that's why it's so important that we try and excavate, we try and understand that deception so that we can free ourselves from it and hopefully free ourselves and our people from from making more catastrophic mistakes that have been made um, when we've fallen prey to this um, to this system of deception. So I've, I'm an ethnic nationalist and the reason I am that is because white people really are under attack around the world and I'm of the view, now this is not from the Bible, this is my my view. Maybe other people have other views, that's fine. But in my view, the reason that white people are being exterminated is either vengeance or because there's some role that white people are going to play just before the end. Because white people have been the body of Christ on earth throughout most of history. Now, I know there have been lots of non-white Christians. Christianity, for example, is taking off in China. So I I understand that there have always been many non-white Christians. But if there's one group of races, if there's one area of the earth which has most fully represented God to humanity and brought God to humanity and also become, I would argue, the closest to what we were always supposed to be, it has been white people. And it's my view that this is why white people are so exceptional. It's because of our Christianity that we have been conformed the most to the image that we were supposed to have um, before all of this sin and corruption entered the earth. So if there's one group of people that really, really pisses Satan off, it's white people. Because throughout all of history, it's been largely white men and women who have been carrying the cross forward to the rest of the planet. So... Whether it's just out of pure vengeance or if we will remember our Christian heritage and make a stand again against this system of organized evil before the end, I don't know. But the devil wants us dead. And because of that, um, that I believe, it's because of that I believe that ethnic nationalism, some form of nationalist movement among whites is absolutely crucial because we have to push back against this spiritual warfare. And the only way to do that is to just stop listening to the lies of the enemy and assert our identity as sons and daughters of the West. We have been the best humans that ever lived throughout all of history. And the fact that saying that can make you lose your job should tell you that your enemy is very, very powerful. But you have, well, the Christian tradition then, I won't talk in terms of God because that can be alienating, but the Christian tradition, I believe, is more powerful even than that. So if we draw on that, I think there's great power in it for us. And um, and we, we can see that this system of organized evil, it's it's becoming closest to the surface now. Uh, some people call it the new world world. Some people like presidents call it the new world order you know i'm sure you've seen the videos with the one dollar bill the i the illuminati all of all of that stuff is part of this um this program and a key part of it all coming together is the destruction of white people now god used white people to bring um the gospel to the world and remember i said before whenever god does something good satan always wants to come and corrupt or discredit or destroy that so we have to acknowledge that, yes, God used white people to bring his gospel to the rest of the world. And that has been a, a marvelously good thing. But also, 
the devil has used white people, Western culture, particularly American and British culture. He's used those that Western culture to bring decadence, perversion, and degeneracy to the rest of the world. Now, to people in this movement, the young men and women of the West who are rejecting this degeneracy and this perversion, that's that's the final humiliation, is that our enemies have used us to to discredit our our beliefs, to discredit us in the eyes of the rest of the world. Because if you go around the world today and you ask, what is the source of the pornography? What is the source of the divorce, the destruction of the family, the the enslavement through debt? Where has it all come from? They will tell you it came from the West. And they're not wrong, unfortunately. But what we know is it didn't come from us. It came from an enemy that wants to destroy us. So we are rejecting those things now and we don't need to take on some sort of guilt or burden from that because this was an attack on us first and foremost. And this is our fight and we're up to it. And we just must understand that these these trends that have been happening in the West, they're coordinated. So the cultural Marxism, the debt slavery that I mentioned to international bankers, uh, the cucking of the church through false teaching and the social gospel and all that nonsense, the threat of Islam and the demographic replacement, all of these different things that to a, if a normie notices them at all, is going to just see random disconnected trends that are just, oh, there's no, there's no way of understanding how these things are happening. Um, they're wrong. These things are being coordinated by, by this spirit of antichrist, by this system of organized evil that I mentioned. And the, the entity coordinating this attack is ultimately the devil himself. So, in Revelation, the book of Revelation, it's uh, it's it talks a lot about this time that we're in. Now, if you just sit down and read the book of Revelation, it's going to just be gibberish. Most Christians don't ever understand the book of Revelation, and I'm not I'm not claiming to have um, a particularly high level of wisdom either. But I know a few things enough to bring it to you here and. Revelation is is a chronology of the entire period from the death of Jesus all the way up to the return of Jesus after that three and a half year period that I mentioned. And all of that period there is is laid out chronologically in the book of Revelation. So there's a series of letters to churches which talk about all the different churches that are going to be around um, during this time and what's going to happen to all those different sorts of churches. It doesn't go into a lot of detail, but the clarity gets greater as we get towards the last couple of years, just towards the end, which in my view is where we're at now. Now, like Genesis, Revelation relies heavily heavily upon symbols. And I mentioned before about how uh, symbols don't change. So, um, like I said before, mountains represent um, kingdoms. When we see a sea or a multitude of waters, that represents the people of the earth. When we see something rising up out of the water, which we see with these empires at the end uh, in, in Revelation, that's just describing how these empires emerge out of the people of the earth. So the symbols have a meaning, but it's a language which is very complex and and um, but it can be it can be understood. And as a general rule with understanding the Bible, when something occurs first, it occurs in a physical form. And then later when it occurs, it occurs 
it's and it's it's its meaning is spiritual so this happens a lot with um, the Old Testament and the New Testament, where something will happen, which is a picture of um, Jesus's life, and it happens as an actual story. And then when you get to the New Testament and you read about it, that's been made into a spiritual meaning. So you go back and look at the physical story to help you understand the spiritual meaning. That's that's one of the key approaches to understanding uh, understanding the Bible, particularly understanding the New Testament. And so in Revelation. A really significant story there is there are, well, a set of symbols. There are two women in Revelation. Now, the first time that a woman is mentioned in Revelation, she's mentioned as giving birth. And she's described as having um, the moon under her feet and 12 stars as a diadem on her head. She gives birth to a baby and the great dragon, which is Satan, tries to take the dragon. He actually is waiting for her to give birth. He tries to steal the baby, but the baby is caught up to God. That story is uh, an allegory of Jesus being born and the woman represents Israel. Now, there are a couple of different reasons you could argue for why there's that interpretation given. I know if you're a Catholic and you're watching, you would have just freaked out because Catholics will always say that it's Mary. But there's no reason to think that it's Mary. It represents Israel. The, the stars on her head are the 12 tribes. And uh, in my view, the moon underneath her feet represents how Israel was given power over the Canaanites and the other people of that region, all of whom worshipped a moon god. So, well, look, we can have like a long and long debate and disagreement about it. But I, I think the best interpretation is that that woman represents Israel because um, Jesus is caught up to God, as we know happened. And then the, that dragon, the devil, tries to kill the woman and the woman is taken by God to a hiding place. Now, this, this gets a little complex, but it's, it's, it's really, it's not that hard. At another point, we know God says that when the devil turns on the Jewish people there uh, and the Antichrist emerges, there is a remnant, a group of Jews who I think are the true Jews that God has prepared a place for and he takes them and hides them away from the Antichrist. And the Antichrist can't find them, so then goes and tries to destroy all of the Christians in the world. That's explained later. So for those couple of reasons, I think that woman is clearly Israel. Now, remember I said before, images, the meaning of images doesn't change usually. There's another woman in Revelation, but this is a very different type of woman it's a harlot, a whore, and she's riding a great beast. And written on her head is Mystery Babylon. And the the picture that's given of her is that she's drunk on she's drunk with the blood of the saints. She's committed prostitution and fornication with all of the kings of the earth. And she believes that she's untouchable, that she's completely in control. She's completely uh, she's got all the power. And she's riding the great dragon. Now, remember before the great dragon was attacking the woman and wanted to steal the baby. This time, the dragon is letting the woman ride, ride him, ride it. Now, again, the dragon still represents Satan. This is a symbol of Israel in our time. And I would argue it's a symbol of fake Israel. Because the Israel that we've got now, with that filthy Luciferian image on its flag, which is utterly, it's straight from hell, that, that um, so-called Star of David, which has nothing to do with the Bible. 
that state of Israel, which has been a proxy for the Rothschilds, the international financiers, right from the start, it was born out of terrorism and has been it's been created by the international occult elite as a shop front for their their disgusting operations around the world. These are the people who run the deep state. These are the people who farm your mortgage repayments from uh, to the bank every month. Um, you know, these are the people at the apex of that pyramid of organized evil. They are the ones that founded modern Israel. It is not a creation of God. I know a lot of uh, evangelical Christians will get really triggered by that, but it's about time we woke up to these levels of deception. And I think it's very important because right now, those people are engineering a war between you and the Muslims. And they're doing it so that they can expand they can expand Israel. It's called the Greater Israel Project. You can look it up. Now, they don't really care about the Jewish people. But this state, as I mentioned, is a base of operations for this globalist occult elite. And that's why this agenda is being pushed forward. Now, the word mystery is important here. Um, I mean, people think mystery just means secret. It's, it's got, more, it's got a, a bigger meaning than that. Mystery means really um, something that was hidden and then revealed. And, and it also refers to um, the ancient religions where you were initiated into an inner circle and taught the esoteric truths of the cult. And that was only available to initiates. It, it really refers to what we would call in the modern time a secret society. And if you understand how the occult elite operates, they work through secret societies. They groom people from when they're very young. They initiate them um, in things like the Skull and Bones and the other fraternities they have at elite universities. That's how they capture um, the smartest and the most ruthless uh, individuals. And then those people go up and become part of the occult elite. And so that's that, that mystery Babylon is has a lot of meaning in it because Babylon is refers to this globalist system that the devil will use to try and enslave all of humanity. And the mystery refers to these secret societies, these sort of this occult tradition that that um, that goes back to Babylon as well. If you know your Bible, then you know that actually all of those um, those disgusting religious practices go back to Babylon as well. So that's that's what I believe that Mystery Babylon is referring to. It's referring to not only the modern state of Israel, but also um, a lot of the practitioners of Judaism and Talmudic Judaism and the Kabbalistic Judaism, which are not true Judaism. They have no basis in the Bible. These people have contempt for the Torah. Um, their, their scriptures teach them that Jesus... Um, is boiling in a, in a, um, a vat of shit in hell and that Mary was a harlot who, um, who fornicated with soldiers. You know, these people have nothing but contempt for Christianity. And um, we're very, very switched on about the Quran and the threat of Islam and completely blind about the much more dangerous threat of, of a religious and ethnic group which controls our media, our education system, our finance system and the entertainment industry. You know, no Muslim is, the Muslims are not anywhere near as powerful as the people that I'm talking about here. And um, we, we can see there that um, when the Bible says that these people are at the center of all of the corruption of the modern period, um, that, you know, if you're a Christian and you're trying to fight the culture war and you're not switched on to how uh, the state of Israel is, is 
using American power to destroy the entire Middle East and create a war between us and the Muslims. Well, you know, um, getting prayer in schools is really, really not a victory if you're not switched on about that. And so just as God used the true Israel of ancient times to free the world, remember I said before, the devil always copies. The devil is using fake Israel, most of whom, well, they're, they're not actually um, Jews. They're um, Eastern Europeans who converted um, during the Middle Ages. Totally different story. We'll leave that to another time. But um, the devil is using fake Israel to enslave the world. And so just as God um, used, and now, so that's what's being done with Israel. Something that was good, that God used to do something very good, has been turned into something very evil, which is being used by the devil to bring about the evil that's in the world. Now, just, we need to, before we, we, um, before we fire up the gas chambers, we, we need to also take a look at what's been done with us, because the devil's done the same thing with us. The devil has also, just as God used us to spread the good news about um, the liberation of humanity to the world, the devil's done exactly the same thing to spread this culture of degeneracy, perversion, and death in postmodern times. So I'm, I'm not an anti-Semite. You know, it's a ridiculous word anyway. I'm just not an anti-Semite at all. But I'm obsessive about truth and about reality because it's the only thing that's going to um, to prevent us from having another catastrophe. And if that means calling out Jewish influence and talking and exposing what are you know, the true beliefs um, about many um, Jews, particularly Jews who live in the West, then then so be it. That needs to be done. And this is the what I'm talking about is the spiritual dimension of the struggle um, that Western civilization is facing. You know, and and it operates most clearly among the anti-white Jews that we see mainly outside Israel, to be to be frank, or or, or at the in the Israeli elite and then um, outside of Israel, and and those who subscribe to forms of Judaism based, as I said, upon the Talmud and upon the Zohar. Um, but again, it operates on on many levels now. Um, it's worthwhile pointing out too that I'm talking about the apex of this system of organized evil. Now, there are a lot of non-Jewish allies that, are, that the devil also has in his global system. And also Islam is part of it as well. I mentioned before about um, that, um, well, uh, that Islam is basically a moon god religion. And it's the resurrection of a very ancient form of uh, devil worship, which also has its roots back in Babylon. So I'm not, I'm certainly not giving Islam a free pass. And I'm not saying that Jews are the only problem either. But uh, this is a really important um, issue to expose because this is where the greatest deception is. And as I mentioned before, this era that we're in, this, spirit, this time of spiritual warfare, it's all about deception. And so that's what makes this topic um, so important and so dangerous is because I can see so many Christians now who are getting ready to crusade and it's not going to benefit the West. It's going to destroy what's left of the Middle East and it's going to benefit an Israel that hates you. Um, now, so Revelation 17 also talked about... Um, it talks about Mystery Babylon as a city. Now, I wasn't going to talk about this because it's a bit confusing, but I'll just cover it quickly. Um, Mystery Babylon does say, Revelation 17 does say that Mystery Babylon, as well as being written on that, that woman's head symbolically, that it's physically represented by a city. 
And it's a global city. It's clear from the way the Bible describes it that this city is the center of international commerce. It is the center of all trade and luxuries and in and its merchants are the greatest in the world. So what what that means is that the, the wealthy there are, are truly the global um, elite. Now, I think if you look around the world for one city which best fits that description, I think you'd have to say it's New York City. And I don't think it's a coincidence that New York City has so many of these anti-Western Jews that I mentioned before. So, um, and, you know, New York City itself had occult foundings. Uh, the secret societies were heavily involved in not only the founding of New York, but also um, the, the American Revolution. At each stage of the American project, um, the people have been overwhelmingly Christian. The elite has been overwhelmingly um, occult and Luciferian in its in its religion. You only have to look at um, the secret society memberships of many of the founding fathers to see that uh, they weren't Christian. Uh, they subscribed to, um, to this. Um, essentially, it's a satanic form of mystery cult religion is what they subscribed to. And um, yeah, so New York has, it had occult foundings. It's where the United Nations is um, is located, which of course is at the center of the globalist project. It's the headquarters for international finance. It's the headquarters for international jury, which you know pretty much the same thing. It's the site of the 9-11 deception, which was carried out by Israel. And I will back that up in a follow-up article um, over the next couple of weeks. And that deception of 9-11, in my view, the plan is to bring about World War III, ultimately, through through all of that process of the war on terror and, and all of those things. Ultimately, the plan is uh, World War III. And, and that happened there in New York City. Also, uh, New York City is the site where cultural Marxism first spread into the West when um, central uh, Jewish intellectuals like Theodore Adorno, Herbert Marcuse, guys like that, they landed and were given um, places at Columbia University, which is where they first began to spread cultural Marxism into America and it, it took on in Yale and it spread from there. So New York City, it's definitely at the heart of this uh, system of organized evil that I mentioned. And in the Bible's pretty clear, it gets nuked. Like uh, the picture of is of it being destroyed in a single hour by fire. So, you know, in my view, it's New York. I think that's the city that Mystery Babylon refers to. So we have the, the spiritual meaning of Mystery Babylon is what I mentioned before about um, uh, that, that fake Israel that we have that sort of runs the world. The physical uh, manifestation of Mystery Babylon, I believe, just looking at how the text describes it, I think is New York City. And so um, it seems that New York City is going to have uh, some sort of cataclysmic event um, over the next couple of decades. But anyway, we'll see. Um, now, like New York City, Israel itself is a Freemasonic state. It was founded by Freemasons. It wasn't. It wasn't founded voluntarily by Jews. It was founded by Freemasons. Um, it's nothing to do with, um, and nothing to do with the Israel of the Bible, as I mentioned before. So, after going through all of all all of this, then it in in a Christian way of understanding this, our struggle is not with flesh and blood but with the powers and principalities of Tel Aviv, New York, and Mecca. And, and we, we can get caught up in this movement about fighting people. And certainly, there comes a time we're going to have to fight people. But ultimately, I do think we will be most successful if we look beyond the puppets to the puppeteers. 
And if we can see the bigger picture and not let the enemy determine what our actions and reactions are going to be, but instead take sovereignty of our own mind and act under our own will. And, you know, it's, it's, it must all be very bleak to somebody to hear how this is all outlined. But the Bible is clear. This system of globalist oppression will be strongest just before it's destroyed. And it only, it only has power due to its ability to deceive. Um, Western man has been deceived about just about everything. Our kids have been taught that we we just genocide people all the time. We're patriarchal monsters. You know, we we're, we're just the worst people that ever lived. We know we know what it's like. Now we're, we're they they're even teaching kids that you know gender doesn't exist and all these things. The the level of deception now I think finally is reaching a point that even the normies are starting to realize. Hang on, like we just can't stop taking things at face value. They're, we're under attack. And the, the sooner people wake up to that, I think the better. Not because I want people to be paranoid or freaked out, but because I want people to start to act against it. And the reason that this system has to use deception is because we are still more powerful than it. It's the devil is scared of us. We're the one people throughout history who have been able to thwart the plans of organized evil. Whatever light and goodness and and purity there is still left in the world is here as a result of white men and white women it's our ancestors brought a a culture a system which which freed humanity spiritually and it has created so many things which which are still so much better for so many people than they used to be um, before before we did that so we need to return to an understanding of that confidence. Our, our heritage is the most glorious of any people on earth. And we need to claim it again. That's why white identity is so important. Because it's the beginning of us pushing back against these lies. The world has been made to hate us through these lies. But if we pursue the truth and claim our identity, we can push back against that and, well, not only salvage Western civilization, but perhaps even take it, um, take it further than, than it had ever been before. We, we were destined to really reach the stars. But a century ago, the deceptions of these international bankers led us into ca that catastrophic World War I then the, the horrors of the depression, which were magnified, they were amplified by that same international financial elite. They made it a lot worse than it had to be. And then they, they organized a second world war again. And that was, that just finished us off. And then they spread cultural Marxism everywhere to make us hate ourselves. We have just been beat up left, right, and center in this, in this spiritual warfare. Um, that I mentioned before. So the only way we're going to push back is to reject all of those lies and claim what was lost a century ago um, in, in the mud in France. The devil has put a lot of his limited resources into destroying white men and white women prior to the end. And as I said before, we're the only people who scare him. And the way to defeat him is to become what we are, sons of God, and sons of the West.